Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome back to part three, and that'll be part three of three of CT of the stomach. And let's look at some of the more uncommon tumors. And so the first thing I could ask you is, what happens if you see a vascular gastric mass? What could it be? Well, a number of things we can think about, and here's a list, glomus to carcinoids, occasionally just tumors, particularly when they're small, metastasis, particularly from renal cell, an ectopic pancreas, or hemangioma might be some of the thoughts. This is an excellent case. When you look at this case, you see some nodes in the celiac axis that are very vascular. First thing I'm thinking about is a neuroendocrine tumor. Then I see there's evidence of gastric lesions, but the gastric lesions are all vascular. And this was biopsy proved to be a carcinoid tumor. Gastric carcinoid tumors are indeed rare and make up less than 2% of gastric neoplasms. In general, we know that carcinoids are very common in the small bowel and their frequency is increasing by about fourfold over the last four decades. We can see them in the appendix, in the rectum, in the stomach. The majority of gastric carcinoids have a trophic metaplastic autoimmune gastritis with or without pernicious anemia. It's interesting, these are somewhat, in a sense, syndromic. 5-10% to of gastric carcinoid tumors are caused by hypergastrinemia from a gastrin-producing tumor in association with MEN type 1. And approximately 30% of MEN1 patients have a gastric carcinoid tumor. These lesions can be solitary or multiple, which is true with most carcinoid tumors, and they're usually hypervascular on CT. And here's just a nice example. You look at the stomach here, it looks pretty good on those images, but on the next image you see in the antral region, or near the antrum, there's about a two centimeter vascular lesion, which is nicely shown on the greater curvature on the coronal views. Very nicely defined, very vascular. There it is on the sagittal view. It's an interesting lesion. It's very flat, it's within the lumen, and it enhances. There aren't that many choices. Could this be a glomus tumor? Indeed it can. Can it be metastasis to the stomach? Usually it's more in the wall, but it can look very, very similar. Now, as long as I'm mentioning metastasis to the stomach, let's talk about that a little bit. The one you tend to think about the most is linitis plastica, as it involves breast cancer. So breast cancer, classic history, abdominal pain, you do a CT, the stomach is infiltrated, small capacity, classic for breast cancer. But you can see other patterns besides linitis plastica. You can see multiple nodules, and the best example might be melanoma. Also, you can see that with a metastatic renal cell. And a solitary mass can also be seen with melanoma. So this is an example. This stomach is maximally distended. Look at the infiltration of the stomach. Could this be adenocarcinoma? It surely can. But it's a diffuse infiltrating process, classic for linitis plastica. Another example, same thing. This patient ends up with a carcinoma of unknown primary. Finally, was proven to end up being from the uh, colon. But you can see diffuse gastric thickening. You also can see the omental implants and carcinomatosis, nodes in the celiac axis, liver metastasis, and in the coronal views, you very nicely can see the tumor infiltration. Just a very nice example of metastatic disease with a linitis plastica type appearance. This next case is interesting because when I look at this case, my first choice would be a GIST tumor, an exophytic large ulcerating tumor. Could it be an adenocarcinoma? It's too big. Could it be a lymphoma? It's eccentric. I think it's going to be a primary GIST tumor.
This was biopsied. It was metastatic melanoma. And we know melanoma could have many different appearances. Melanoma metastatic to the stomach uh, can be solitary or can be multiple. And again, can be submucosal or subserosal. Melanoma gives large metastases. We know that from the adrenal. We know that from small bowel. And so now we know that from the stomach as well. Now, when you think about benign gastric tumors, uh, the majority of gastric tumors are, in fact, little small adenomatous polyps. But we can think about neurogenic tumors like neuromas or schwannomas. We can think of smooth muscle tumors. We can think of lipomas. And, of course, hyperplastic polyps, which is the most common thing. And here's a very nice example. These are well under a centimeter, two hyperplastic polyps. The key thing is recognizing them. If warranted, they can be biopsied under EUS, but they are benign-looking lesions. We can see larger lesions. This was an unusual case, patient with GI bleeding. It's a polypoid mass. I read about a cancer, though I have to admit, it would be very unusual appearance, polypoid mass like that. This was resected. This was an inflammatory polyp. So it worries me in its appearance, but it was an inflammatory polyp. Inflammatory polyps are interesting. They're also known as vanic tumors, an inflammatory pseudotumor, or eosinophilic granuloma. These can present, not surprisingly, with abdominal pain or GI bleeding. The majority, more than 75%, occur in the gastric antrum, usually in the 2 to 5 centimeter size range. Another example, here is a, a lesion near the fundus of the stomach, a very classic hyperplastic polyp. And in this case, you can see it's ulcerated, and this patient presented with GI bleeding. We also can see gastric lipomas. They make up a small percent of stomach and GI tract tumors, typically submucosal, more common in the gastric antrum. They're usually an incidental finding, but when they get larger, they can present with ulceration and hemorrhage or intersusception. Typically, they're well circumscribed, negative attenuation value, usually around minus 80 Hounsfield units. And as they get larger, they can ulcerate. Lipomas are always benign. Nice example here in the body of the stomach. And here's a nice example of a large mass in the stomach, which is lipoma. And the patient also has a small lesion in the fourth portion of duodenum. When the lipomas do get this large in the stomach, you always have to worry this patient can develop GI bleeding or even develop it into susception. But just a very nice example of multiple lipomas in different locations. Now, what about pitfalls? We talked about the stomach being thickened. I talked about how you have infiltration of the stomach. Um, but can you be fooled? Can something look like infiltration? Well, the answer is yes. Look at this case of the gastric antrum. The antrum is thickened and diffusely infiltrated. And when you look at that image or these images, to me, this is classic for cancer. This is biopsy-proven gastritis. Or this case. Look how thickened and edematous the gastric folds are, diffuse infiltration, it's low CT attenuation. Could it be inflammatory? I guess so, but I'm thinking cancer. And sure enough, biopsy proven gastritis. This case, could this be cancer? Sure. This patient abdominal pain. Well, you kind of see spread beyond the stomach. So the first thing you're saying is, this is cancer and it has carcinomatosis. It's going to the omentum.
This actually was a benign ulcer which had perforated. I think when you have ulcerations either in benign disease or malignancy, you have stranding in the perigastric regions which can really simulate spread of disease. So indeed, you really have to worry about that scenario. You need to be very, very careful. You can describe it, but you could really overcall disease. This was a benign process. There was no need for surgery or chemotherapy. Again, very nice example showing you the uh, perigastric spread of inflammation in this patient uh, post the perforation with ulceration and local inflammatory changes present. Now, we do sometimes get very strange things, and I'll show you this example. Look at this mass in the stomach, anterior wall. It's smooth. It slightly enhances. What can this be? Could be a lyomyoma. Could it be a carcinoid potentially? This was biopsy. This was ectopic pancreas. Ectopic pancreas in the middle of the body of the stomach. Well, it's typically referred to as heterotopic pancreas. Autopsy range 0.5 to 13.7%. Most common in the age 30 to 50 with male predominance. The, the usual locations in the stomach in up to 38% of cases, duodenum in a quarter of cases, and jejunum in the 15 to 21% range. It can occur in other rare locations, esophagus, gallbladder, common duct, spleen, mesentery, mediastinum, and fallopian tubes. But again, you're thinking about stomach as the number one site. Heterotopic pancreas. Gastric lesions are discovered in the antrum in up to 95% of cases, either posterior or anterior wall, being more common along the greater curvature. And CT is usually nonspecific, but it does demonstrate a lesion which is enhances very similar to pancreas, and perhaps you should think about the possibility. So I've now, I've now gone through a number of different diseases. I've spoken to you about technique. I've spoken to you about protocols. Hopefully, we now have a better understanding of how to do the stomach, water, the stension, IV contrast, dual-phase imaging many times, post-processing with 3D imaging. We talked about some of the classic patterns of tumor infiltration uh, from adenocarcinoma and from lymphoma and how GIST tumors look and metastasis. We looked at some of the pitfalls of overcalling and undercalling disease, and we looked at differential diagnosis. So with that, I think I'll stop here. And I'll be happy to take any questions. If you have any questions, just raise your hand. If not, 